This program is a paid commercial announcement from Jacob Media Partners and does not reflect the views of WPHT or its management. Today's program is pre-recorded. There are so many choices when it comes to selecting the right financial institution. Start with the Philadelphia Federal Credit Union. We're right here in your city. We're also the official credit union of Temple University, and anyone who lives, works, worships, and studies in Philadelphia can open an account with convenient locations throughout our city of brotherly love. Also online at pfcu.com with free online and mobile banking. We're not here for our profit, here for yours. Federally insured by NCUA. Free speech lives here. Talk Radio 1210, WPHT, WPHT HD, WOGL HD3, Philadelphia, a radio.com station. Now, from the Malamut and Associates Law Studios, it's good news in real estate. If you're a homeowner, if you're selling a home, or perhaps purchasing a home or vacation property, welcome to our home. It's good news in real estate, presented by the Philadelphia Federal Credit Union. Your hosts for the next radio hour. The Mortgage Mom, Deanne Kitsaris, along with real estate veteran and owner-operator of the Philadelphia Real Estate Classes, Mark Cumberland. Your real estate education starts right now. It's good news in real estate, presented by the Philadelphia Federal Credit Union. All right, good morning. Get ready to laugh and learn here on Good News in Real Estate. I'm Mark Cumberland, along with my co-host, the Mortgage Mom, Deanne Kitsaris. How are you, Deanne? I'm doing great, Mark. How are you? I'm very confused, but I'm good. <laughs> and we're every Sunday on 1210. If you want to ask us a question uh, about mortgages, residential, commercial, real estate, give us a call. My number is 267-266-5501. What's your number, Deanne? My number is 609-605-7153. And we've been out here for 11 years keeping you guys informed, and I wish I could get more of you to listen so everybody would know what the hell great the market is because they don't. Because the news media only talks about bad news. And you can listen to this show and past shows at goodnewsandrealestate.com and at WPHD's website. So what's coming up today? Coming up on today's show, Mark, we have the market report. Yes, got one for you. We have our business tips with Asking Dr. A. Yes. We also have Mark's funny story. Got one for you. And today, Mark, um, our mortgage mom topic is going to be VA loans. VA loans. See a lot of commercials for them babies. Yeah, we have to take care of everybody. So looking forward to going over that topic. Um, We also have our questions, Mark. I'm planning to put down anywhere from 20 to 25% as a down payment for a single family house. Would that be enough for a three hundred fifty to $400,000 house? Next question is, in Minnesota, can a mortgage broker offer an exclusive buyer's representation agreement for real estate? That's a weird. That's a weird one. If I have cash for a cash offer, do I have to have a pre-approval paper on a HUD home? All right. Next question is: My husband and I have steady income, but have had bad credit and a past bankruptcy. Can we qualify for a home? Yes, we can do something with that one. Sure. Mark, today um, we also have our topic of the day, and that's seller assist. What is it? How does it work? And how do we keep cash in our pocket? Yeah, we haven't done this one for a long time. I thought it was a good time to talk about it. Agreed. Yep. But Mark, first, give us your motivational quote. And the motivational quote is, believe in yourself, have faith in your abilities, without a humble but reasonable confidence in your own powers, you cannot be successful or happy. 
So you got to have faith, man. I believe in karma and all that stuff. And you treat people right, it comes back to you and things will work out. Always. Agreed? Agreed? Agreed, yep. All right. So where are we at? So, Mark, we are up to the market report. And there is Frank's bell, man. Frank's got a hell of a bell. So, (laughs) (laughs) a decade after the big housing bust upended the lives of millions of Americans, I sound like CNN, more U.S. (laughs) households are headed by renters than any point since 1965. I got a new number for you today, Deanne. I can't wait. Uh, According to a Pew Research, total number of households in the United States grew by 7.6 million between 2006 and 2016. But over the same number, same period, the number of households by owners remained relatively flat, in part because of the lingering effect of the housing crisis, right? right? But meanwhile, the number of households renting their homes increased significantly during that span, as did the share which rose from 31.2% of households in 2006 to 36% in 2016, this is nationwide. The current running level exceeds recent highs of 36.2 set in 1986 and 1988 and approaches the rate of 37% back in 1965. The increase in U.S. renters over the past decade does not necessarily mean home ownership is not desirable to today's renters, but 72% of renters said they'd like to buy a house at some point. About two-thirds of the renters in the same survey, 65% said they currently rent as a result of circumstance compared to 32% who said they rent as a matter of choice. When asked about specific reasons why they rent, a majority of renters, especially Uh, certain groups cited financial reasons. Now, Philadelphia's renter space grew faster over 10 years than those of most big cities, bringing the city closer to an even split of homeowners now. 52% homeowners, 48% renters. Now, remember back in 2008, it was 38%? Now it's 10% higher with all the... But you know what? I can understand that in a way because of so much development and so much so many rental units being built but still 48% of the cities running with these rates like today it, it's it, it's crazy. insane and and it's not because they don't want to buy mark it's because there's new houses not no no that's not it and i knew you were going to say that if that's not it they don't know what's going on I agree. It's know. both. It's both. They they don't know if if the sellers knew what was going on and the buyers knew what was going on. There'd be a lot more listings on the market, and there'd be and there'd be a lot. We'd have a we wouldn't be at a two point eight uh, month month inventory month supply of inventory right. instead of we'd be closer to a, a normal market of six months. Like bump the bump higher than those in New York. Like New York's like ninety two percent. All those cities are like really high. We're relatively low compared to big cities. Uh, but now we're up to forty eight percent from thirty eight percent. Yeah, and but the thing is, too, there's still a lot of frustrated people that are pre approved that are putting offer after offer after offer, and still they're not getting accepted, and there's not enough inventory. Yeah, and it's the agent's fault. 
And, you know, I, I like uh, posted some stuff. A guy put a picture of his open house on Sunday after the show, and there was a line. I was trying to count them. There was about 30 couples in line to see this house. Yeah. And I, I put in there, well, it's your all your fault. If you'd all stay in touch with your database and tell these people what the hell is happening with real estate, what a, a great time to sell it is, there'd be a lot more. So, to, you know, so and so after the housing bubble burst and the millennials started graduating during that recession, they didn't have a lot of money and they crashed the mom and dad's cows for a while till they rented. The rent numbers could be growing faster in Philly because the city's young adult population is growing. Pew found that the millennial growth here outpaced that of many other cities. Subsequent studies found smaller increases in other places. But Philly's got a giant millennial population. I think it's, what was the number I gave uh, that was between 18 and 40? Was it like 860,000 people or something? Yep. It was a it was a big number. So to all you renters out there, call the Ann Cat Cyrus and get a plan together. Get yourself the couch and get pre-approved and figure out how to buy. You're missing a chance of a lifetime with these rates. So tell us about the rates. The rates are phenomenal, Mark, and you're absolutely 100% correct. Your 30-year your 30-year conventional, 2.625%. 15-year is it the same. 30-year FHA, 2.625%. I mean, Mark, I did a refinance for somebody last week where we saved them $675 a month. That should be me. Should be me. <laughs> Understood. It will be you. It will be you. But I mean, people are taking advantage of, they're just taking advantage of the rates. And I just I wish there's more inventory to be able to help people. So it's a win-win every time. I just told all the students, if you know anybody that owns a house and has a mortgage over 3-5, call Deanne. They'll probably get down to about 2-6. Yeah, that's right. Save save a ton of money. That's a car payment. Buy a new car. All right. So with that, you're listening to Good News in Real Estate here on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. All positive all the time. We'll be right back. On behalf of the Philadelphia Federal Credit Union, we hope you're enjoying Good News in Real Estate with Deanne Katsaris and Mark Cumberland. The Philadelphia Federal Credit Union. Not here for our profit, here for yours. Deanne and Mark will have more after the break and this message from Debt-Free Living. Learn more at wehatedebt.com. Good news in real estate here on 1210 WPHD All Positive All the time. So where are we at, Dan? Mark, we're up to your funny story. And I got one for you. And you're not going to see too many of these, but this one's about a couple that see a for sale by owner sign, the old 7, 795 marketing campaign. And it's really exclusive neighborhood with a sales price of $1,000 and a whole, and like 30, 40 great pictures. And they look at this house and they can't believe, you know, they've been looking. They can't believe this can't be right. So they go to the house. The couple says to the lady, this is the most beautiful house in the neighborhood. What's the catch? And the lady assures the couple, there's no catch. She goes, uh, the couple wanted the house for a thousand dollars, but was leery about the deal. Finally, the lady said, listen, you seem like a really nice couple. So I'll let you in on the truth. 
she told him that the house is completely paid for. Not a penny is owed against it. Well, last week, I, she said she got a call from her husband, and he informed her he was leaving her with his secretary. And he told me that I could have everything we own as long as he could have the proceeds off the sale of the house. And I agreed. And he asked me if I could sell the house while him and his new girlfriend were hanging out in the Caribbean islands. She said, so if you got $1,000, here's the keys. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, that would be a good payback. That'd be that always be. be as good as the shrimp. Uh, the shrimp that. one, I know. Uh, You're yeah, absolutely know. right. We got to yeah. do that one. Yeah. If you if you have a funny story you'd like to hear, send it to eight zero two nine at comcast.net or give us a call at 267-266-5501. And now it is time for the Mortgage Mom segment with D and Kat Sarris, the greatest mortgage person in, in the tri-state area, possibly the United States, from Green Tree Mortgage, and she's here to talk about VA loans. So tell us about this. Wow, well, that was a great introduction, yeah. Thank you, Mark. Appreciate it. <laughs> so we've been getting involved. We do a lot of VA loans, and we have one of the greatest VA underwriters ever. So um, they run very smooth. We can get them done in 30 days. But a VA loan is basically for someone that has is either in active duty or is a veteran, okay, that has served. And that they've been honorably discharged from the military. So if and you've been thrown be, out... And it could be a long, back, long time ago, too, right? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> yep. Yep. And it's also available... Um, it's only for owner-occupied properties. And they must be in the service for at least 90 days to qualify. And if you're going to have two people that are going to go on the loan, they have to be married to each other, right? So only it's going to be owner-occupied and borrowers must be married to each other for them both to be on the loan. Now, it's not to say that we haven't, that we haven't gone and people have gotten married down at the what do you call it, at the courthouse and been able to take care of a VA loan. Um, and then we had a big celebration in their backyard. But the VA loan is 100% financing, which means that there's zero down payment. The seller can also pay for the closing costs. And there's no cap as to what can be paid. This is a great deal. It is a great deal. I mean, we need to take care of our own, right? Yeah, and the one, the big myth with this is that veterans think that there's some bank out in the Midwest that this money's coming from, but it's not. Where's it coming from? It's coming from the VA administration, and yeah, and that's but, great but that you brought that costs. point. Well, yeah. so the, there's a funding fee, and the funding fee gets applied, Mark, depending on if you're a first-time user, um, depending if you're going to put 5% down, 10% down. Um, or if it's the second time that you're going to use this. So your funding fee, for example, if it's the first time that you're going to use it, is going to be 2.3% of whatever the sales price is, right? So you're doing 100% financing, so the sale price and the loan amount is going to be exactly the same. And that's going to be 2.3%. That gets financed into the loan. So if you're purchasing a $200,000 house, that 2.3%, you're not coming to the table with it. It's getting financed into the loan. Just like with FHA, they have that fee as well. If you're going to put 5% down, 
it's only going to be 1.625%. If you're going to do 10%, it's going to be 1.4. Now, if you're more than 50% disabled, there is no funding fee. But in reality, though, they don't need any cash, correct? Correct. You could... You could typically have 100% financing, have the seller pay all of the closing costs, and come to the table with a pen. Now, I am going to tell you, I was just going over this last week with one of my realtors, that some of the sellers, some of the sellers do want there to be some skin in the game. So they might require $1,000 or $2,000 to go into that loan. And what happens is if, if the seller pays all of the closing costs, that money's going to come back to them. Does that make sense? Yes. Okay. So the VA funding fee is it's a one-time payment that the veteran or the service or the surviving spouse pays on a VA-backed or a VA, what they call a direct loan. And the fee helps to lower the cost of the loan for the U.S. taxpayer since the VA home loan program doesn't require a down payment or monthly mortgage insurance. So you know with the with the FHA loan, we had that uh, monthly mortgage insurance and on a conventional, if you're putting less than 20% down, you're going to have that funding fee. Well, with the VA, you don't have that regardless of how much you're going to put down. The other beautiful thing about this is that you could purchase a multifamily, so a three-unit or a duplex or even a quad with 100% financing. Now, we can't, we can't use that money to qualify them. Like on an FHA loan, we would you be able use to use, right. you can use 75% of the rent, but on the, on the VA, they won't allow the rental income, but still, you're living there mortgage-free. Right. right. You're living mortgage free and you're probably making money as well. And the interest rates are really, really low. Big time low. Yeah. So it's it's a great opportunity. Now, the only thing that we have to be careful as is if we're looking for a condo, we have to make sure that it's going to be eligible. It's going to be VA eligible. Well, if a the, condo is not VA eligible, I wouldn't even go to that condo. Right. Right, exactly. The other part is... These are people that serve our country. I don't disagree. I I don't disagree. (laughs) The other part is, if you're more than 50% 50 disabled, you're not going to pay real estate taxes. Uh, That's a break. (laughs) Especially in New Jersey. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Especially where I live. But the VA loan, a lot of people don't know about it, and I'm going to be putting together... A lot of webinars um, explaining exactly what the VA has to offer, how you can apply for the loan, because a lot of realtors and a lot of mortgage people are not familiar with it, and they shy away with it. And it's really, it's it's one of the best loans to do for a lot of reasons. You're helping people, 100% financing, no mortgage insurance. I mean, it's a win-win. And when I tell you, I just closed the loan couple weeks ago for a gentleman that did not believe me when I told him what his closing costs were going to be. He literally came to the table with $125. 
this. See, you know what? And because you're so you're you and your team are so good at this. Like I got a phone call the other day about a two hundred three k, and this guy went to this bank, and apparently they didn't know anything about two hundred three k's, and they were all the way at the end where they were asking them about income stuff. And like I said, this all should have been done in the beginning. So anyway, that was a good topic. Without a doubt. Please give me a call with any questions at 609-605-7153. And coming up next is going to be our question and answer segment. All right, very good. So with that, you're listening to Good News and Real Estate here on Talk Radio 1210 WPHD All Positive all the time. We'll be right back. Deanne and Mark are halfway through this week's edition of Good News in Real Estate, presented by the Philadelphia Federal Credit Union. Not here for our profit, here for yours. When the show returns, more real estate news from around the Delaware Valley. All right, welcome back to Good News in Real Estate here on Talk Radio 1210 WPHD, all positive all the time. So we're at, Deanne. Mark, we're up to our question and answer segment. All right, so what's the first one here? The first question is, I'm planning to put between 20 to 25% down payment on a single family house. Would that be enough for a $400,000 purchase? No, 20, 20 to 25,000 down payment. Right. Did oh, I say percent? You said percent, yeah. Because... You know what? Yeah. You, no, no, you don't have to do this. This is this is. Why... Wait, wait, wait. Listen, no, listen. Because right, the numbers break down on a four hundred thousand dollar house. Five percent down is twenty thousand. All right. So, on a single family, a down payment, yes, that would be enough. But don't forget, you're going to incur closing costs such as title insurance, your appraisal. You might have a transfer tax. So for a down payment, yes, that would be enough. For closing costs, no. Yeah, but you might be able to get some seller assist or a grant. There's other things you do out there. So you're not there limited. There's there's plenty yep. of opportunities. So they're on. They, they're on. They'll, they'll be all right. They'll be all right. If they got a decent agent. All right, that's the next one. <laughs> the next question is, in Minnesota, can a mortgage broker offer an exclusive buyer's representation representation agreement for a real estate agent. Yeah, say Gerard Avenue. Right? <laughs> so in Minnesota, I'm not familiar with all of Minnesota real estate laws, but there's one thing that sticks out in here. A more this is a mortgage broker offering an exclusive buyer's representation agreement. That's a buyer agency agreement in Pennsylvania, Jersey, a lot of states, most states. So a mortgage broker, unless they got a real estate license and they're going to be the mortgage broker and the realtor, you would not be signing an exclusive buyer agent agreement with with them. And that's Correct. not really, I mean, in New Jersey no. or Pennsylvania, that's not really allowed anymore either. That's, it's not, it's not illegal. It's not illegal, but a lot of lenders are shying away from that. Yeah, because they think somebody might be unethical. Right. All right, next question. The next question is, if I have cash for a cash offer, do I have to have a pre-approval paper on a HUD home? Well, you're going to have to show them something where the cash is. There's going to be some proof of funds, correct? Correct. Yeah, Yeah, so you need a letter of intent, um, and you need to show that you have the assets in the bank to be able to do it. Right. So as long as you're providing financial statements with everything else, that should suffice. What's right. the next one? 
The next question is, my husband and I have a steady income, but bad credit and past bankruptcy. Can we qualify for a house? So bad credit. I mean, you need to be at least at a 640. There are banks that are still doing a 580. But the bigger key to this is with a past bankruptcy, if you're going to do an, an FHA loan, it needs to be two years from the date of the discharge. But you also have to show that you've had no late payments since that bankruptcy or no medical collections. So there has to be an increase in your credit showing that it's been going well. Medical collections? Any collections. Because once you had a bankruptcy, you're basically wiping the slate clean, right? Now, a medical collection, you could probably pay it and be fine. But if you go into, you decide not to pay your credit card after coming out of bankruptcy, that's going to be an issue. Right. So you have to show that you've established new credit and you have to show that you've made your payments on time since the bankruptcy. That's right. And, you know, things happen in life. People that file bankruptcy, I don't know, there was a time during my career where I heard, you know, lawyers actually pushing bankruptcy, which, well, I'll just file bankruptcy and I'll be, I'll be all clear. And I said, no, no, wait a minute, don't, don't be doing that right away. I mean, think about that. Right. You might have to wait a long time to do something. Like, there might be other ways to negotiate your way out of that. Right. But, like, a lot of people go through stuff like that. Uh, lost jobs, businesses go under, divorces, all kinds of stuff can happen. And... And but at least you know what you got in the game, things didn't work out. It's better than having no credit. At least you took a swing. <laughs> you know? you know? I mean, I, I that's why I tell the agents. I say, you know, the worst thing is having no credit. Bad credit's better than worse credit than no credit because you know you got up to the plate and you took a couple swings. And you, you know, maybe you, you didn't get a single. You struck out. Things didn't work out, but at least you gave it a shot. Oh no credit. You didn't, you didn't even get off the bench. <laughs> you never even got in the game. Uh, your analogies cracked me up. <laughs> All right. And is that the last one? That All is right. the last one, Mark. All right. And We're coming good. up next, <laughs> coming up next is our topic of the day. Seller assist. What is it? How does it work? And how to keep cash in your pocket? That's right. OPM, baby. <laughs> Mark, do so, me a favor. Uh, what? No more coffee till the end of the show. All right. I haven't had a half a cup. <laughs> All right. So with that, you're listening to Good News and Real Estate here on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. All positive, all the time. We'll be right back. Good News and Real Estate with Deanne Katsaris and Mark Cumberland is proudly being provided by the Philadelphia Federal Credit Union. Not here for our profit, here for yours. Deanne and Mark will have more in a moment, but first, a message from one of our home team partners, Green Tree Mortgage. How much do you qualify for? Ask Deanne now at mortgagemom.net. Welcome back to Good News and Real Estate here on Talk Radio 1210 WPHD All Positive all the time. So where are we at, Ms. Katz Harris? Mr. Cumberland, we are up to the topic of the day. And we are talking about seller assist. What is it? How does it work? And how to keep cash in your pocket. You know, seller assist, uh, like I, we haven't done this for a long time. I like to bring it up once in a while. Even though we are in a very tight seller's market, you never know. This is a very valuable tool. I've used it so many times, and it's how you structure the deal. Uh, 
you can make things happen. Like, you know, Americans, most Americans, they'll have decent jobs, decent credit, but they're not. We're not great savers. You know, <laughs> we like to have a good time, shop, <laughs> do with our stuff, and we don't. We're, we're not a big saving co- country, but. That's what keeps the economy flowing. So now you go to buy a house and you need a pile of cash that you might not have. That's where the seller assist could come in. So let's keep it real simple. Let me use simple numbers. So say the okay. house is a hundred grand, right? Yep. So the house is a hundred thousand and you know, most buyers are going to go in and they're going to want to offer now in a tight market. You can't be going in and saying, we're going to give you 90000 because the seller's not going to take it. So maybe you say, we want, we're going to offer 100000 with 6% seller assist. So you're really offering the seller 94000 because you're getting 6000 back towards your closing costs, right? And the seller says, eh, no, I'm not doing that. Uh, but uh, maybe I'll split the baby with you. So maybe I'll give you 3% seller assist. So now you're getting, the seller's getting 97 and you're getting 3,000 towards your closing costs. Like on a hundred grand, you're probably gonna need what? Eight, nine grand maybe? Yep. So, so now you're getting like three grand towards that cost, right? Now the other solution is, the seller goes, nah, nah, nah. nah. And so they got a good agent like me. And I look at the comps in the neighborhood, and I see that this house is probably could appraise for 110, which I did one of these in Fox Chase, and I, I got 10000 for my guy, and he needed $4,600. So I say to Mr. Seller, I said, Mr. Seller, let me ask you a question. If I offered you 110 with $10,000 back seller assist to my buyer, would you take that offer? And the seller looks at his wife, and they look back at me, and they go, that's full price, correct? And I said, correct. And we get that. Now, that's one way to do it. Now, now it has to appraise for a 110. But, but maybe we're a little leery, so we only bump it up to 103. And we ask for 6% seller's assess. So now the buyer's getting 97 instead of 100, but we're getting 6%. See, like, the different ways you could structure this? Yeah, absolutely. And You're th- doing a great th- job, too. Th- these, are all, these are all good ideas for the buyer. And then you split the baby, and you make both sides happy. And and if the seller's willing to give a little bit, or the seller wants you to bump up to get it, they're willing to do that. I've done that a lot of times. Well, you just got to be careful with your uh, comps. And then when you do get the offer closed, you definitely want to call your agent. You want to tell your agent, call that appraiser, supply that appraiser with comparative market analysis. So the appraiser only has to verify, do some work for the appraiser. And then call them up and say, you know, I got this comp, this comp, this comp, this comp. So it appraises. Don't cross your fingers and hope it appraises which I never do. Most agents, I'm telling you, 80% of them, they do not call appraisers. They just submit the offer and hope it appraises. Like, you know, I never never worked like that. I never, like, hoped. If I can make a phone call, man, I'm calling them up. And I'm telling you, 90% of the appraisers I've dealt with in my whole career, they took my phone call. There's only been a couple that were like real cocky and said, I'm the appraiser. I'm like, yeah, that 50 cents will get you a pretzel. But, you know, like 
most of them are they nice. don't act like and that, Mark. I, I mean, I'm, yeah. I'll tell you, there's I, I very few of them. So then I email them over my comps. And if I say, if you have any issues, don't submit till you talk to me about it. Maybe we can find something else. And they're like, cool. You know? So this seller assist can be such a great tool. And I'm not talking about a $100,000 house. Like I, I did a friend of mine that house, 800000 And he wanted, he had it in his head to put down 20%. So what's 20% of 800000 160,000. Yeah, 160,000. 160,000, correct. 60, you're way off. <laughs> that, so, I get a lot of seller right. <laughs> yeah. so, And I do mortgages. Anyway, yeah, that's a, now that's a lot of cash, $160,000. So I said to him, listen, and I looked at the comps. I said, well, why don't we bump this up a little bit and ask for seller assist? And he goes, why? I got the money. I said, yeah, but... Why Why spend your money, OPM, other people's money? So I said, then we can take, save all that money, put down like 3% or 5%, ask for 6% seller assist, take that money, buy a duplex somewhere or a triplex, and let the triplex pay this mortgage. And he went, that's a good idea. <laughs> <laughs> and, and that's what we did. But I mean, that was because I brought that up. Now, I don't know if most agents would do that, but like, uh, that's how it, it doesn't matter about the price range. You know, you can make this work in any price range. Now, it's tougher right now with no inventory, but if some agent priced, didn't price this house correct and there's some room to do it, you could do it. So I always believe in that. Uh, OPM, splitting the baby, money. and splitting That's the right. baby, and splitting the baby, right? So, <laughs> it's a great tool, and if anybody's buying, talk to your agent about it, and there's ways to save some cash. So, no, that's great, Mark. Awesome, awesome segment. And speaking of awesome segment, coming up next is our segment with Dr. A, and we're here to talk about how to hire the right person using assessments. Yeah, we're continuing this. Hi, Dr. A. How are you? I'm doing wonderful. How are you guys? We're doing good. great. A little snowed in, but besides that, we're good. So we're continuing with you. Last week, you were talking about how you use your assessments and hiring the right person. So you pick it up, and we'll jump in. Sure. Uh, what I want to do today is talk about at least two different aspects. One of them is the accuracy of, of the uh, assessment that you're using, and uh, also its relevance. In other words, is it, are you really measuring the right stuff? So a, a lot of times, let's do the accuracy first. A lot of times people assume that whatever assessment that you're using is highly accurate. And you really need to test that out. And the best way to test it out is something called faith validity. You just need to, to uh, give it to, uh, to someone, either take it yourself or give it to someone who you know really well, and then read what it says about them. You know, and, and it's got to be really accurate. If it isn't really accurate, then you need to be looking at the assessment to see you know, if you should uh, be changing assessments to using something else. Right, because you don't want to screw this up. The whole point, like your assessment, the Abelson Group's assessment is really, it's like 55 pages long. When I tell the students about this and and then how accurate it is, at first they don't believe me. And then when they read your assessments, they're like in shock, like, like it nails them. 
So it's like, uh, so I was, and you don't want to make mistakes hiring people. So if you're going to do it, use the Abelson assessment. I would say that's what I tell people. Well, I appreciate that, Mark. And if, I mean, if you're using an inaccurate assessment, it's really double trouble for you. Number one, you know, you're assuming that it's going to be accurate. All right. So, so you're making, you're making uh, decisions. Okay. From that information. The other double trouble is is it is it just spending money? Uh, to get an assessment for free, it's probably worth what you're paying. Exactly. So, um, so it's important to, to to make sure that it's, it's quality and you're getting the right and you know it's accurate. So you're not wasting your money because even if it's for free, if it's not accurate, it's costing you a pile of dough. That's right. Because if mistakes are costly, you know, a bad administrative hire could cost you three times the salary plus time. And a bad CEO hire could cost you 10 times the salary because it affects your culture that bad. Hiring mistakes are one of the biggest problems with small business and turnover. The worst industries I see, doctor, are the banking industry. For some reason, they don't like to do this, use assessments, and they have tons of turnover in the banking industry. I don't know. I, we actually, what, what, we actually what, have in, a, what industry do you see the most problems? Well, I, I, it's not, I don't think it's industry-specific. I think it's person-specific. A lot of times people use assessments. And, and what they do is their gut tells them something different from the assessment, and then they go with their gut, and then six months later, uh, they, they have a different feeling in their gut. It's kind of like, oh, my God, how do I get rid of this person, or how much money have I spent, or how, how much trouble has this person caused? So if you're going to have an assessment, you're going to use the assessment, yes, your gut is a finely tuned mechanism, but if you don't have confidence in the assessment, why are you using it? That's right. right. Now, which gets my second point. And, and the second point is... It, it needs to be measuring relevant things for what you're doing. For example, most of the people that are listening to our program uh, deal with sales. All right, so what are you looking for with sales? You, you want to have somebody who's optimistic because no is the most frequently heard word regarding sales. So you, you need to have somebody who's going to be optimistic and you need to have somebody who's going to deal well with the rejection and not, and not, get, not feel bad with rejection because most of the times that's exactly what they're going to be getting. So they need to be able to come back again and again and again. So you need to be measuring that type of behavior. Right. And what I've seen over my career and since me and you met, I think way back in 2007, uh, I really am more of aware of it all the time, but I see new hires. They take like this human nature path. The first three months always seems to be a honeymoon because everybody's excited. And then the second three months, there's either improvement or cracks in the armor, but they can live with it. But then six to nine months, it either takes off or explodes. I see that all the time. Yeah, and I, I think that's a great insight, Mark, because that's so true. Uh, the, way, the way I look at it is it usually takes somebody really about six months to really figure out what their job is and the culture of the organization so they can actually get it done. I mean, what we see in a lot of organizations is the job description says one thing, but what they actually have to do is different, number one. And number two, there's always people in the organization that are going to be resistant to change or resistant to doing something, or because of their lack of personal confidence, 
they sabotage other people because they don't want them to be successful. Let's continue. Let's continue right from there next week about that point you just made. Okay. All right. Sounds very great. good. Make a note there. All right. Thanks, Doctor. Say goodbye, Dan. Bye, guys. <laughs> Bye, Doctor A. All right. All right. Bye. Nice down in warm Texas. If if you have any questions, you can email them to Mark at eight zero two nine at Comcast or give him a call at 267-266-5501. You can also email me at Deanne Katsaris at Comcast.net or give me a call, please, at 609-605-7153. And a special thanks to all of our listeners tuning in every Sunday and our sponsors for keeping us on the air. In fact, we're looking for two sponsors. Anybody wants to advertise on our show, and we hope to keep you informed. And you can tune in every Sunday at 9 a.m. on Talk Radio. So with that, have a great week. I'm Mark Cumberland. I'm Deanne Katsaris, your mortgage mom. You've been listening to Good News in Real Estate here on Talk Radio 1210, WBHD. All positive. All positive. All all the the time. Thanks for listening to Good News in Real Estate, a Jacob Media production. If you're interested in learning more about the power of the radio hour, contact Joe Kraus at 267-261-3428. This program is a paid commercial announcement and does not reflect the views of WPHD or its management. Today's program has been pre-recorded.